Welcome to the Growing in Grace podcast, where you can listen in on some casual conversation about the good news of Jesus without all of the inconsistent religious double talk. If you've ever struggled with feelings of hopelessness, guilt, and despair, or wondered if you're really right with God, it's time to discover the true freedom that comes with the gospel of unlimited and overflowing grace. Hey, welcome once again to the Growing in Grace podcast, uh, sometimes recorded live in front of a studio cat. (laughs) I know, we've often talked about our our different dogs. Sometimes in past episodes, you might hear a barking dog or two, either your dog, Cap, or mine. Um, And recently, within the last few months, anyway, we got a, a cat and sometimes she likes to just come prowling around and meowing and... So far, she's been good today, but we'll see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, we're glad you're with us. This particular podcast has been hermetically sealed in a mayonnaise jar on Funkin' Wagnall's porch. Um, for those of you old Johnny Carson fans out there, this was back when late night shows used to be funny. Might have been before your time. Yeah, I'm not sure. Exactly. <laughs> um, but we're, we're talking about the Ten Commandments. We started last week. Didn't get to spend a lot of time on it, but we started out in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, where Paul is contrasting the old law, including the Ten Commandments, to the new way, the old covenant, the letter that killed compared to the the new way, the new covenant that gives life. These covenants are not alike. They were never meant to be mingled or mixed together in any way, shape, or form. One had to come to an end and the other one would replace it completely. Something new, better, and different. As Paul said uh, to the, at the beginning of uh, this chapter to not the first Corinthians, but the second Corinthians. <laughs> it's like <laughs> Corinthians part two. Um, <laughs> he said, after comparing the old way, the letter that killed, to this new way of the Spirit who gives life, he says, if the ministry of death, and one translation says, if the ministry of death, written and engraved in stone, came with such glory that the Israelites could not gaze at Moses' face because of its glory, which was being brought to an end, will not the ministry of the Spirit have even more glory? For if there was glory in the ministry of condemnation, the ministry of righteousness must far exceed it in glory. See the contrast here. Indeed, in this case, what once had glory has come to have no glory at all because of the glory that surpasses it. For if what was being brought to an end came with glory, much more will what is permanent have glory. The nutshell version of what I just read there from the Apostle Paul to the Corinthians. The old law, including the tablets of stone that God wrote on, once had glory. And it it would shine off Moses' face, which he's going to get to here in the verses ahead. But that ministry has come to have zero glory now because a more glorious ministry of the Spirit has surpassed it. That old way was just a ministry of death and condemnation. That's all it was. And we know now from Romans chapter 8, among other places, that we who are in Christ— There is no longer any condemnation. Why is that? Because the ministry of condemnation was put to an end. It had to be because the requirement was that it all had to be kept perfectly. The Ten Commandments, you know, people say, well, we should try to follow them. We should try to. We don't live by those. We live by something more powerful. The Spirit 
you know, we would might be much better off going to Galatians chapter 5 and taking a look at the fruit of the Spirit that abides in you, by the way, because he abides in you, and just uh, allow him to manifest that instead of trying to live by the letter that killed. It's, it's so simple. And Joel, here's the other thing I want to mention about the Ten Commandments. The problem here is this. If you're going to try to keep a commandment from that old law, whether it's written on stone or whatever, then the problem here is you've got a domino effect. Because if you start trying to keep one, there are other laws and commandments, rules and statutes attached to that one. Just for example, and one that usually seems to somehow sort of get crossed off the list, is remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. Most people just see the headline and they have no idea that there's like 39 other commandments, rules and statutes attached to that one. And then it goes from there. Those tie into other commandments 613 total within a package known as not the laws, plural, but the law. It was all one package. And uh, I, f- I feel like I've been talking too much. You you, you speak. Speak, Joel. Would speak. you just be quiet? Just kidding. <laughs> I, we love hearing you, Cap. But now, yeah, give me a chance. Come on. No, it's good. It's all good because... I, I actually want to tag off of something you were saying there about you know this this ministry of condemnation versus the ministry of righteousness. I think I may have said this last week, but I just wanted to highlight it again that like you were saying, people say that well we should try to live by the Ten Commandments. We should try to live by the law. Some people say the law was why was the law given? Well, it was given to help us live right. We can look and see what the law says, and then we can try to do that. But that's not ever what it says, and that's not what Paul says. In fact, let me look here real quick. In, Gal- in Galatians 3, what purpose then does the law serve? It was added because of transgressions till, until the seed should come to whom the promise was made. Who was that? That was Jesus, of course. It was added because of transgressions until the seed should come. And again, it was the ministry of death in condemnation, not the ministry of righteousness. So the law was not the ministry that helped people to live right because it only produced death and condemnation. The ministry of righteousness is this new ministry, the new covenant ministry, the ministry of the Holy Spirit apart from the law. The law has to be taken out of the way. And like you said, it was glorious. It had a glorious ministry, but now because of this new ministry of righteousness— that is the ministry of the Holy Spirit, the new covenant, the thing that we're in where we are given righteousness apart from law. Jesus became sin for us so that we might become the righteousness of God apart from the law. It's all apart from the law. That's what this more, much more glorious ministry is that we are in. So the purpose of the law was to condemn people to death. That's really what it was. It had a purpose. It had a really good purpose. It became, it pointed to As Paul also said in Galatians 4, it was the ministry that pointed to faith. It was a tutor. It was a schoolmaster that pointed people to faith, away from self-righteousness, away from trying to justify ourselves by what we do. It was meant to lead people to faith. And so you were talking about Galatians 5, various things that are said there. But one thing I want to highlight here, Paul says, I say then. Walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. And what had he said to these foolish Galatians just a couple chapters before that? Oh, foolish Galatians, 
This only I want to learn from you. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Are you so foolish, having begun in the Spirit? So again, do you see this contrast here? You got the flesh, the works of the flesh. Are you so foolish, having begun in the Spirit? Are you now being made perfect by the flesh? The flesh wants to be made perfect, wants to mature, wants to grow by following the law. That's the contrast he's making here. But he says, you began this whole thing in the spirit. And you really think that now you're going to go back to the flesh. You're going to go back to the law to grow and to be made mature and made perfect. Of course not. You got to get away from this idea of, of living under the law and realize you're dead to that. You're living by faith. You're living by the Holy Spirit. Amazing how, how all of this occurs, righteousness, all of this walking by the Spirit, this all occurs apart from the law. Even the fruit of the Spirit, there's no law involved with any of that. <laughs> See, mm-hmm. trying to follow the Ten Commandments doesn't produce the fruit of the Spirit. Boy, there's a revelation for some of us right there. Mm-hmm. Um, isn't that something? And, and going back to these uh, commandments written on stone, Joel, I, I know different translations word it just slightly differently, but it's obviously referring to the ministry of condemnation as the Ten Commandments, along with the rest of the law, because I think it is the New King James Version that says, if the ministry of death written and engraved on stones was glorious. Right. W- what does that mean? Well, if you go back and, and take a look uh, in Deuteronomy, you'll you'll find that ultimately, in the end, that God had the Israelites write the entire law on tablets of stone. Yeah, not just the Ten Commandments that God What's engraved. That? Yeah, not just the Ten Commandments that You're God correct. engraved. Yeah, I mean, God engraved the Ten. The Jews wrote the rest, and I think that's why we on see stone. that phrase uh, written and engraved. Right. And so it's, it's because it was one package deal. And, you know, remember, too, that you know, because you'll, you'll hear in church crowds, you'll kind of hear something like, well, the, the Ten Commandments and maybe a few other ones that Jesus referred to, that's not really the, the law that they're talking about here in the New Testament. Well, clearly it is. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> you can't get away from that. But some people think that the Ten Commandments were separate from the rest of the law because God wrote them on stone. But again, he, he, he had the entire law written on stone. He may have engraved the Ten, but he had the entire law eventually written on stone tablets for the Jews before they entered the Promised Land. That had to be done. And so the church folks sometimes say they are separate from the rest of the law. And I, I know that they can pull out different scriptures to try and make their case for that. But you cannot find anywhere in the Bible that tells you that. You can't find it. And the other thing, too, is you would think in New Covenant writings that somebody somewhere would have told us specifically which commandments, rules, and statutes from that law of 613 no longer apply. It's not in there. That's why we find things like here in Corinthians, the book of Hebrews, the book of Galatians, that the entire thing had to come to an end in order for righteousness to come to us. As as Paul said in Romans, righteousness that the Jews were pursuing through the works of the law and never attained it, actual righteousness, not our self-righteousness, not what we establish as righteousness, but the righteousness of God comes apart from the law. The law had to be put to an end and replaced with something new and better. That's something we've been talking about in the book of Hebrews in in that series. And and so there's many things to be spoken of here, but I just wanted to point out 
that uh, it, it's important for people to realize you can't split the law up. It was one package deal, whether it was the 10 or the, the rest of the 603, they all came together. And the point, too, that Paul made in the book of Galatians, and maybe we can get into this a little bit more next time, is that there was no law given that could bring life or righteousness. If there were, if there were a law that could bring that, then one would have been given, but such was not the case. Right. Yeah, exactly. And in case anybody's wondering what you're talking about, about God having the people of Israel write the law on the stones, that's in Deuteronomy 27. So we're not just making that up, <laughs> but that's actually the Bible that says that the scriptures say that. As we wrap up for this week here, uh, another place where we understand that Paul is talking about the Ten Commandments. He's, you know, because some people say, well, he's just talking when we're not under the law. He's just talking about those those other obscure laws. They'll use all kinds of terms to talk about them. But in in Romans seven, and we may get more into this in the future here. In Romans seven, he's he says, I would not have known sin except through the law, for I would not have known covetousness unless the law has said, you shall not covet. But sin, taking opportunity by the commandment. What commandment? He's talking specifically about you shall not covet, <laughs> produce in me. Well, some versions say all manner of evil desire. Some say all manner of coveting. But anyway, he says, I was once alive without the law. But when the commandment came, sin revived and I died. The commandment that I thought was going to bring life, I found to bring death. So we'll talk more about that. And, and it's like you say, it's the law is a package deal. You can't just have the Ten Commandments without the rest of the law. And you can't just write off the rest of the law and say we're still under the Ten Commandments. It's one law and we're not under any of it. This has been Growing in Grace with Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezinski. Heard online through various internet sources around the world each week. Access past programs by visiting growingingrace.org. Share it with a friend and listen again next week for more Growing in Grace.